when we choose to stand in unforgiveness, we're saying, yeah, well, maybe God can forgive this person, oh, but I can't. And that means that if you're standing in that, you're saying, my standards are above God's standards. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Bloom Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Sad, alongside with your other host, Elizabeth Critton. This is a podcast where we connect as real women with real stories. All of us on here know how to laugh and have a good time, but it doesn't mean this is your typical brunch talk. As a disclaimer for our listeners, at times the stories and conversations may feel a bit too real, because they are. We want these conversations with you, no matter how surface or deep they go, because real relationships don't just hang out at the shallow end where it is always sunny and safe. Your real tribe is willing to go with you into the deep and come out swimming with you on the other side. Ultimately, we are here to shine light where it is dim or dark and slay the lies in your life by covering them with God's truth. Our hope for everyone listening and joining us is to empower action, encourage hope, and equip you with the power tools to break through and be who you are made to be. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. And you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at bloom underscore strong. Thank you for joining us. Now let's dive in. Hi friends. Um, I am here with Annie today and we're so excited. This has been at the, the forefront of our hearts and um, minds and we just wanted to explore this topic of kind of rejection in relationships and hurt and pain and how we're supposed to respond and really how we wish relationships were in the middle of conflict and how we desire to be in the middle of conflict or confrontation and what God says about conflict, confrontation, and relationships. So um, I know for myself, I've just noticed that it's inevitable to go through life and not be hurt by relationships. That's where we're open. We share happy, joyful things, um, deep, sensitive, vulnerable things, and we trust and we love and we appreciate people for how God create created them uniquely. And so many times in the mix of life and with so many different backgrounds that we all came from and different filters we might see things through, people end up getting hurt, offended, and relationships get broken. And we know that the enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy, and divide, and silence, and diminish communication. And so when that happens in relationships among believers, we feel like that's making the enemy happy, like he's getting his job done. So as a believer who is pursuing God's heart, and really loves big, um, in a big way, his, his sons and daughters, how do we navigate that in a way that honors God? I love this topic because even though we're in these times where it's very heightened, like unforgiveness and division and isolation from someone, um, you care about someone you've known, um, someone you've grown up with, um, but not even just for this present time in this 
world we're living in where it's just very heightened. But anytime I know whether we were in COVID pandemic time or not, like people would be going through this and struggling with rejection and cutting people out of their lives or choosing to see them with a bitter lens. And I really um, hone in on is that we all live on this earth and we can't pretend that some other human who has hurt us or offended us um, doesn't exist because they are part of the body and the unity of the body is what allows the body to thrive and grow in love. And when we cut ourselves off from the body, it's bleeding out and we're weak and we're tired and we're slowly um, dying instead of walking in full strength. You know, a body has to be one in order to stand tall and walk. For me, I recognize we accept bleeding. We accept a bleeding heart to just bleed. And we don't want to put a, we don't want to heal it. We don't want to stop it. We don't, we just allow it. And so, so many of us are walking around limbless because we've cut off those who we love and those who are dear to our hearts and, um, and we don't care to heal and come back together and, and be one. And when she asks kind of like, what kind of friend do we want to be? I don't want to have a friend like Jesus and then turn around and not be a friend like Jesus to someone else. I want to ask you this. Okay. Because, and you can ask me too, but I feel like this is really good because it's taken us probably a while to get here in life. But like, what are some of the first things that you think when someone says or does something unfavorable towards you that like kind of hurts? What are the, the first initial thoughts that you have? about them or the situation? My initial thoughts, like somehow they're better than me. Like, you know, like that, and I don't believe it. It's not, I don't believe it. It's a thought that I don't allow to sink in and stay. But the initial thought is that somehow we're unequal. I think part of me then when that happens wants to find all the reasons they need to come back down to my level. Like they made me feel. And so then it's like reciprocating hurt people, hurt people. Right. But if I don't allow, and we can go back into that, like, how do we, how do we do it the different way? How do we think differently and how do we respond differently? Right. So this is kind of like your natural feeling, like not your like, okay, now, because I think as we like, that's a really like, okay, like normally that's how most people I believe feel. And I think now if I were to answer the question, like, what are the first things you think of when someone says or does something unfavorable towards you? Um, I immediately, I'm like, okay, I have room to, to learn and grow from this because I could have done something that could have been done better in a way that took care of their feelings and their heart better. Or there's something underneath that I don't know that's going on in them. And this is probably coming from a past hurt in their life and they're feeling the need to protect themselves in some way. And so now that, now that I've matured and gone through some stuff, like that's my, um, 
my outlook is immediately like, okay, what can I control me? Right. And then, okay, how can I learn to understand this person better? Um, and I think my old way, my natural way is just calling out, like, you don't treat people like that, you know, like what you're doing is wrong, like, or whatever. And like easy to cut out people out, but knowing now and living through some things, I think my, my first reaction is always like, I could be wrong. I could be, I need to learn or grow. And then, wow, there's things in there that God's going to be able to heal. And I hope I can apologize and continue to love that person in a way where they seek and want to feel loved, be loved and be whole through God's love. Um, so that's the kind of friend as well that I want to be when there's conflict and, and you can answer this too, if you want, but when there's conflict or disagreement, or we don't see eye to eye, I want to be able to respect the person as an individual where they are, make sure they know that I love them and make sure that I'm always here. If that they know I'm always here, if they want to reconcile, if they want, and, and that they know how much I appreciate them as a person. I think what hurts is when you make people feel disposable and it's not even worth telling them that, you know, you did something and it hurt my feelings and they don't even say anything and they just cut you out of their life. And and I was really, I was telling Annie this morning, I was like, it hurts because I really do love them. Like my friends, if you've been my friend, I love you. (laughs) I love how God created you. You're worth fighting for to me. You're worth seeking to understand all those things. And so I think we get a little confused sometimes between boundaries and, um, and forgiveness. What kind of friend do you want to be in confrontation? And what do you know now after knowing how Jesus, um, forgives us, and loves us, um, how do you want to respond to someone that might say or do something hurtful to you? Really good. And talking about the natural way versus the, the way of what happens when we have more wholeness and really like our natural way, the natural way of like, like immediately doubting ourselves or having bitterness towards someone else or anger towards someone else isn't our natural way. Like you think about a child and the way that they love and they forgive is so beautiful. And then because we go through life and see how others treat other people very unnaturally, but then it becomes our natural way um, was not how we were intended to live. So when I went through my, when I got a lot of healing, um, I have realized it's never about you. So it's never about me, whatever there it's like, it's in the Bible. It says, whatever your heart is full of your mouth will speak out. Right. So it's so much easier when someone has treats me in a way that hurts or angers me or whatever, that I go to that spot um, of this isn't about me. And when we stay in that spot of this is about me is when we get, we stay in that um, empty place in the isolated place in that offended place. And, um, if you think about Paul or Jesus or all those disciples who walked the earth, 
they were able to love because they never made it about them. When we learn to stop making it about ourselves, um, we can actually heal and unite and um, with other people and also treat them better because it's not about me. And if, and I'm not going to sit in this selfish place and just make it about me. So most of us are walking around and we want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want to find belonging. Um, and so I know that if we empathize, like if someone throws a rock or, or a dog comes out and bites me, it's like, it just is reacting and it's trying to protect itself from being hurt anymore. Right. And so, um, empathizing and understanding like they're hurting, but also the respect comes from understanding and almost understanding that their experience of what they've been through hurt them. And so we can empathize and we can respect where this person's coming from. But even Elizabeth and I, I both know, like, we're not people to just stay in that place. Like, if I'm going to be mean towards somebody because I was hurt and I don't know how to love them better than I can love myself, so I'm going to hate them because my heart hurts and I and I want to hurt them too. Um, and not even hate, but whatever. I can boundary myself. Like, let's, like, if I, if someone brings out the worst in me, okay, I can boundary myself, but I'm not going to boundary myself and pretend that person doesn't exist. I'm not going to boundary myself and pretend that they're my problem. I'm going to boundary myself. So I don't act in a way that I don't want to be, but I'm going to start healing my heart and being pursuant of finding that wholeness so that if I am confronted with someone who I don't agree with, or that kind of stirs up some stuff I don't like um, because I still have some wounds, I can still be kind and, and gentle and, and love them enough um, to not try to break them down as well. And so I think Elizabeth and I both agree, like in this place of humanness and brokenness, it's okay and we can empathize and we can respect their experience but you can't stay there because otherwise the world never heals and you have to take control and ownership over what you can do by pursuing that healing. That's so good. And I think like kind of what God's stirring up is like when you feel that offense and that, that like, okay, I need to protect myself. I need to cut this person out of my life and almost like taking a pen to paper and being like, God, in my humanness, this is what I want to do. But because you've done this for me, I know that I am actually required to be this to your children. And so um, looking at it bigger picture, like it's not just about us. It's about the body of Christ. And if we make it about us, we're going to expect everyone to be like us. But then we're not a complete body, right? We all have different gifts and we're, some are, some people are super relational and very... Um, you know, feelings-based and other people are mission-driven and other people are um, really extroverted and some are introverted and we all have different gifts and that's what makes it so great. So, so looking at relationships a little different, like, wow, this is how they add value to the body of Christ. So um, I just wanted to go ahead and read 
Matthew 18, 21. This is the Passion Translation. And in the Passion Translation, it's titled Unlimited Forgiveness. So it says, later, Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? And Jesus answered, not seven times, Peter, but 77 times. The lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. There once was a king who had servants who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. He decided to settle accounts with each of them. As he began the process, it came to his attention that one of his servants owed him $1 billion. So he summoned the servant before him and said to him, pay me what you owe me. When his servant was unable to repay his debt, the king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession they owned as a payment toward his debt. The servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just give me one more time. Oh, excuse me. Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. Upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on his servant and released him and forgave him his entire debt. No sooner had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000. He seized him by the throat and began to choke him, saying, you'd better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet and begged, please be patient with me. If you just give me time, I will repay you all that is owed. But the one who has had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed to you? In fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until all his debt was repaid. In the same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believer. Um, I love that because one of my favorite quotes um, about unforgiveness is that, that they're the one drinking the poison, but you're actually drinking the poison. Like you're the one captive and, and not free because of your unforgiveness. And it doesn't mean um, that what they did is okay, but when you have forgiveness, it releases you to love and be um, in your heart to be full because um, you're not harming the other person by not forgiving them. Yeah. It probably hurts because the the body, like I said, the arm is chopped off. So yeah, it's going to hurt and it's not whole, but um, it isolates you. That's so good. And um, I was actually, I'm so lucky and blessed to just be surrounded by such pure hearted women who love the Lord and are humble and sweet and kind. And um, one of my friends was saying that she was praying for someone and it was someone that had like wronged her. And for me, like there's kind of a stigma that's like, if someone's hurt you, 
people are just like, oh, I'm going to pray for them, you know, and it's like, I'm going to pray for them because they are clearly messed up and (laughs) they shouldn't have acted that way to me. (laughs) And it's like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to pray like that. Right. So I was thinking like, okay, well, what does it look like? Like, I think the questions, like, I'm sure if you're listening, um, you've also had relationships that have ended or people that have just completely dropped you or disconnected from you. And, um, it's just not a good feeling, but why isn't it a good feeling? And it's because you loved them. Like you loved who God created them to be. And, um, you loved their presence in your life and you valued them. And when you lose something that you know is valuable to you, and it's also valuable to God, you feel like a sense of failure, but it's because you're like, Oh, I love them. And that's okay to be sad about like losing something valuable. Right. But at the same time, we want the best for people we love. (laughs) And so, um, God really showed me like, I don't need to be in their lives to be able to pray for their life and to pray that they're in step with God and that they have a community of women that love the Lord and are encouraging them to, you know, keep in step with him and to walk out what he wants for them, you know, and who being who they created or who he created them to be. And, um, it was really healing and cleansing because, I think sometimes it's hard to admit that those things hurt, but I, if you love someone, you don't have to stop loving them and you don't have to be in their lives to love them. Like you can still love them and pray for them. And, um, it frees you up. Like Annie was saying, like you're not bound and restricted in a cage that does not allow yourself to love them anymore. Like you can still love freely and boldly and, um, speak powerful prayers and affirmations over their lives and just ask God to bless them. This isn't easy, but there is a place where you, when you start to like Elizabeth has even said, like there's a a maturing spot as we grow with God, that he matures and heals our heart enough to no longer respond or not respond. So like if she didn't pray, um, a lot of us just won't, we'll just, stay angry at that person and not pray for them and not find that healing in, you know, I was at this prayer night with our church and it was so cool. Like how he said it, he's like praying is like setting up a meeting, um, between the Holy spirit and this person, you know, like we're, we are there to, to make sure that their hearts are met and because hurt people hurt people. And and maybe they didn't hurt you, but they cut you out because it was hurting them. And, um, and yeah, so we want to respect boundaries as well, but we want to make sure that we are laying down our lives, our flesh for our brothers and sisters, because there's nothing greater. Like Jesus said, he commanded to love one another as he loved us and he died for us. And people who put him on the cross and he said, God, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And like I, like I said, in the beginning of this, my heart as a friend and ask yourself this, what kind of friend do you want to be? And we can't wait 
to receive that kind of friendship, we need to be the ones that pioneer that kind of friendship and walk out that kind of friendship. Because the other verses said, you know, sinners can love people who treat them well, but, you know, those who can love people who treat them unwell, like that's something to be said. This is where I've felt different and I know it's a good thing, but I know that everyone feels like this and I don't, and I could be like, I'm trying to think back and it doesn't matter anyway, but like, I want to be the friend that like, can be like able to say like, Hey, you know, if there's a, if there's something that I need to address that hurt my feelings or whatever, or if someone needed to come to me and sincerely ask for forgiveness that I would say, absolutely. Like, let's talk about it. Let's come up with a plan so that we can honor each other and love each other well and respect, like reconcile. Right. And so like in verse 35, in the same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you. If you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believers. So it's like, if someone is asking for mercy and asking for grace and forgiveness, you're required to mend the body of Christ. It doesn't mean you have to talk to them every day, but it means that there's healing in the relationship and then you're staying in step with the Holy Spirit. So God's going to sh- show you as a woman, as a person to where to go, who to invest your time in, but there's peace. And so when there's not healing and reconciliation and there's denial of someone saying like, what's going on? Like, you know, could we have this conversation? So there's healing and you deny that that is leaving the wound open and that's not healing. And that's not strengthening the body of Christ. So I think that just that's kind of the point here is, um, being committing to be someone that always seeks out reconciliation in a time of when there's feelings that aren't good and it's a disease, it's a disease in the body. Most of the things are miscommunication. Like even when it comes to being loved by God, most of us um, don't know how much we're loved because we're listening to another lie. It's a miscommunication of what we're hearing versus what, someone is speaking. And so in any relationship, it's that miscommunication and that lack of wanting to understand each other's hearts and, and get on the same wavelength. Um, so that you can, like Elizabeth said, you don't have to live every single day, but you can row together. And if someone has crashed their boat, you'd be willing to go help them because you still love them and you've forgiven them and the whole body can move forward together, but we're not going to leave someone on the bank. Um, cause they're human and they're our brother and sister. And, and so, I mean, I guess I challenge you today to anybody who, if you were to speak or see them on your feed or hear their name, and it causes you some kind of bitterness or anger or hurt to, to start seeking and asking God and praying first for yourself, for your own heart that is wounded, was wounded to, um, to receive some healing there. And then starting to understand like 
there was pain in that person and having compassion and understanding and then being able to pray for them um, because you know we don't fight against flesh and blood. It's, you know, Ephesians 6 is for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of these of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So until I can understand that it's not between me and this other person, it's something deeper that the enemy wants to divide us from the, from the body, from God, that it makes me even more amped up (laughs) to not let him win. And so it makes me want to pursue healing so I can love them. So he doesn't get to separate the body of Christ. Um, And I love the action, the call to action to, you know, one good thing, like I've done in the past, like if you think about, you've already been rejected. If you're on the side of rejection, (laughs) one thing you can do is just apologize. Like, I'm sorry if I did something, you know, um, I just love you. And I love all the memories I have with you. And I've just been praying for your heart and, and just so glad you were born, you know, like whether that's on their birthday or who knows, whenever, whenever you feel like it, because if you're just sharing love, you're not going to lose. Uh, another challenge would be if you guys want post a post about friendship and what kind of friend you want to be and how you want to respect, respond in conflict. Um, put it in your Instagram story. If you want, tag us. And it'd be really fun to put it in our Bloom Strong Instagram story too and just see what how God created you to love and how that will stir up more light and love and friendships. That was awesome. We hope you're feeling filled up, excited, and inspired to continue walking in faith, living with intention, and deepening your roots in the truth. If you love this episode and it spoke to you and you want to share it, share it with a friend or shout us out on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at Bloom Strong Ministries. And on Facebook, we're Bloom Strong by Ladies Commit to Fit. We hope that your day is filled with love, laughter, and you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're still looking for a community of like-minded women who are passionate about chasing after the heart of God and leaving a legacy that honors Him, we would love to offer you a free trial into the Bloom Strong Academy, where we share our hearts, seek God's word, apply it to our lives, and hold each other accountable so that we can bloom strong from the inside to the outside. We would love to have you. To sign up for your free two-week trial, go to www.bloom-strong.com and click plans and pricing. We hope to see you soon.